Somebody say glory. 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 Now say it like you long for it. Glory. (laughs) You know, we may not use that word, but deep inside of us, that is what we long for. You see it in every athlete who's yearning for the prize, saying, yes, I want this one shining moment, this place of glory. You see it in the, the way that we work hard in our businesses, but you really see it with your kids, too. I coach soccer for five-year-old boys, and it's loads of fun. And I'm glad to have parents on the team who, who are, are yearning for glory. <laughs> they want their kids to pursue glory. They're, they're not, they're, they don't want me as the coach to hold them back. So some people call it running up the scoreboard. I call it letting the kids, you know, have at it. Um, <laughs> But the truth is, you see it on the, the, you know, the sporting field or, or court, you see our struggle with glory. We kind of have an uneasy relationship with glory. We want it, but we're not sure if we should want it. And so we want our kids to do well. We want our, 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 our friends to do well. We want to get the raise. We want to get the promotion. We want the business to grow. We want to, the family to, to thrive. We want all of these things to happen, and we Maybe the word that we're, we're searching for is glory. We want it to work, to shine, to excel, to be the best, but then we're not sure if that's right. Is that right? Should we do this? Should I want it? I kind of want it, but should I want it? And you see this tension, especially for Christian businessmen and women who say, I want to achieve greatness. And so because we're uneasy, we sort of baptize our ambitions, right? We say, well, you know what? What I really want is just to make a difference for the Lord. What I really want is to change the world. And what I really want for my, my, my son or for my daughter is for them to make a difference, to make an impact. And we Christianize it because we're uneasy about this pursuit of glory, John's Gospel, which we've been journeying through throughout Lent, John's Gospel talks a lot about glory. In fact, at the very beginning, when they see Jesus, they say, in chapter 1, they say, we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus goes on a few chapters later, and he says, I don't receive my glory from people. And he he will tell us who he receives his glory from. But then when he sees some people who aren't believing, he says, you know what? You know the reason you don't believe is because you want glory from one another instead of from the only God. Isn't that interesting? A stumbling block to faith, he says, is because you seek glory from one another instead of glory from the only God. And then Jesus goes on, he says, look, I don't even glorify myself. I can't give myself glory because if I did, he says, that doesn't mean anything. And then it's, John tells us that there were many leaders in the Jewish community who believed, but they didn't confess it because they were afraid of the Pharisees. And then John adds this little line. For they were more concerned about the glory from men than they were from the glory from God. Isn't that interesting? And then Jesus in his final priestly prayer, this is after Palm Sunday, this is right before the cross, Jesus prays and he says, Father, give me the glory that I once shared with you before the world began. I mean, think of that. Here's Jesus about to suffer, about to go to the lowest of the low, and he says, give me the glory that I once shared with you. And then he prays an extraordinary thing. He says, and I'm praying for all those who follow me. I have given them the glory that you have given me. 
Church, can I say one very simple thing to you this morning? The problem is not that we seek glory, but that we do not seek the glory that comes from God. The problem is not that you long for glory. The problem is not that you're yearning for some kind of honor and greatness and recognition. It's it's that we don't want the glory that actually comes from God. See, here's the thing. You were made for this. You were made for glory. All of these children that you're... The reason we, we, we light up when we see kids performing or singing or dancing is we think, they're so young, they have so much potential, we want them to have, say it, glory. But can I say to you what C.S. Lewis once said in a sermon so many decades ago, our desire for glory is not too strong, but too weak. We're too easily pleased. We're too easily pleased by the glory that comes from humans or the glory that comes from business success or commercial success or personal success. We're too easily pleased by the glory that humans can give one another and not yet yearning for the glory that only God can give. It's Palm Sunday. These same people that cried Hosanna to the son of David, he's come to save us. These same people a few days later would shout something else. What would they shout? Come on, children and parents all together, crucify them. That's what they would shout. How can you a few days earlier say, God has come to save, and a few days later say, crucify him. And Jesus is unshaken by that. Now if it was you or me, we would be really shaken by that. Wow, they see it, they're getting it. Oh no, they don't get it. They want to kill me. What's going on? I mean, wouldn't that be a devastating week for you? On Sunday, you're the greatest thing ever, and on Friday, they want to take you to jail? That's a, that's a bad week. And Jesus is unshaken by this. Why? Because he told us, I don't care about the glory that comes from men and women. My glory comes from the Father. Friends, if you want to live life with a certain kind of unshakenness, seek the greater glory. Not the glory that comes from making your mark on this life. Not the glory that comes from numbers or success. All those things are fine. They're lesser glories. But there is only one glory that you were made for. It's the glory the Father gives to you. And here's the best news of all. Jesus says, if you're in me, if you're following me, This glory is yours. It's yours. It's already yours. Palm Sunday begins the week of the passion when we follow Jesus all the way to the cross in his suffering and in his death. And do you know what we see? We see Jesus emptying himself. One of the New Testament writers will say, he became poor that we might become rich with the richness of who God is. Jesus emptied himself, Paul says in Philippians, that we might be filled. This morning we might even say, he emptied himself that we might be filled with glory. The glory of God. Would you bow your heads this morning? The thing we want to nurture in our own hearts and in our children and in our family is not to stop longing for glory but to elevate the longing for glory. To say, Jesus, what I'm longing for is the glory that the Father lavishes on us. The Father's recognition of us. 
Imagine God the Father turning his face toward you, radiant and glowing. This is why we close every service with that benediction prayer. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine on you. What is it about? It's about glory. It's about the Father delighting in you. It's about the Father lavishing his love on you. Friends, this is the glory you are longing for. And it's yours because of Jesus. It's yours because Jesus emptied himself. 